and welcome back to the Center Pass podcast brought to you by Draft Central. I'm Sophie Taylor and I'm joined by Taylor Malky. Hello. How are you, Sophie? I'm great. How good was it getting netball back on the weekend? Yeah, it felt like a big chunk of my life was restored. I, I think we'd gotten so used to kind of seeing the ANZ Premiership or just netball in general. So it was really good to see it all unfold. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, like we said last week, the Vitality Netball Super League has been going on for a few months now, actually. But the ANZ Premiership does kind of indicate a return to netball on our side of the world over Australia, New Zealand. And there were some huge matches to start the season. And I think that's really all the netball news that we've got for this week. So we'll just maybe run through the ANZ Premiership. So the first game was between the Central Pulse and Northern Stars. What did you think of this one, Tay? Well, it kind of went the way I expected to a certain extent. I think I spoke about earlier in the previous episodes that I tipped the Northern Stars to be a really formidable lineup, and I think that that showed against the Pulse. However, they there were moments where the Pulse really had their number, which was interesting considering that player changeover that we've had. And I think it would be remiss of us not to make mention of the fact the Pulse are now actually without Amelia and Ekanazio. When we recorded last week, there was speculation around whether or not she was going to play. And I think, you know, it was a few days later she announced that she's um, or the side announced that she'll be missing time from the post with fatigue and things like that. So I think for Nepal as a as a as a whole, that's a really huge step for a player of her caliber to kind of come out and be like, you know, I, I need time away. I need to, you know, look after myself. But when you're looking at this game in particular, I think it was really evident uh, how much Ekinazio was missed, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. I mean, kind of touching on what you were saying about it's huge that the players stepping up and actually saying, give me a break. I mean, we saw it a few years ago with Shani Layton, obviously taking a year off and then um, coming back and almost better than ever. So I think it's safe to say that when Ekinazio does come back, that she will be back to her peak. And honestly, that's a terrifying thought, given that she wasn't, in any danger of losing her spot on the phones or anything like that um, due to fatigue. So obviously wishing her well. But, yeah, the Pulse really, really struggled without her in the front line. I will say it wasn't as huge a margin as I was kind of expecting, especially in that first probably five to ten minutes. The Stars fully came out flying. They, to their credit, just took off and did not seem to relent throughout the entire match. And I think it got down to maybe one goal um, midway through maybe the third quarter. But before that, it had been out to maybe 10, 12 goals at some point. So it was a really, really intense matchup and full credit to the Stars for getting it done against the Pulse when the Pulse really, really kept it coming. Well, when you look at it from a Stars perspective, they will be disappointed that they weren't able to run home the the hefty margin that they had at least set up at quarter time, you know, they'd gotten out to as much as eight goals at that time. And they looked like things were humming, especially in attack. I thought that that connection between Gina Crampton and Maya Wilson was just phenomenal. The way that the two of them were able to hold, hold space and just read the flow in attack was great. And I think we've also, well, not often, we've, we haven't often mentioned the likes of Jamie Hume. And I think that she had a really, really solid game. Yeah, for the stars, you know, she's not the most proficient shooter and she's not the most accurate, but it's her playmaking skills at the front that I think is the most important part in that stars unit, because without her, 
they're not going to get that ball into Maya Wilson as easily. So I think that that was a really interesting thing. But I will touch on the defensive pressure from the pulse. I think that Kalira Naiwai did a really good job to start with, but then she did start to fatigue and Wilson really was able to come through and shine. But credit to the pulse, they made the changes where needed and they swung Kelly Jury back into that traditional goalkeeper position, which I personally think she looks a lot more comfortable in. Um, it's not often you see a 196 centimetre shooter, uh, defender, you know, running around in goal defence. It's, yeah. it's a bit awkward to watch. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. It's just because she's so long that you don't see her running outside of that, you know, that defensive third. But I do really like the look of Paris Mason. What did you think, Soph, on the Pulse's defence? Yeah, I thought their defence was really solid early. And it was like you said, no, I started out really, really well. Um, she was really doing every single thing she could to confuse the feeders. And obviously when you've got someone, the likes of Gina Crampton, Mila Rialo Buchanan feeding into the circle, it's very difficult to do. And I thought she did a really good job of that. Um, Obviously she did come off and Paris Mason came on. I thought she did a a fairly good job. You could tell that she didn't quite have the um, strength for it quite yet. Obviously going into goalkeeper on someone like Maya Wilson or goal defence at times too, um, she didn't quite look like she was ready physically, but she was more than capable um, aerially, if that makes sense. So I was actually really, really impressed with how well she held up and especially I think she played out the rest of the match. Um, No, I didn't come back on. Um, But, yeah, I agree. Kelly Jury just didn't look quite right out in goal defence. And I thought it was really interesting that both teams kind of made those out-of-position choices. Obviously, Kelly Jury going into goalkeeper and then someone like Jamie Hume, who you've already touched on, getting the start over a silver, silver fern in Monica Faulkner out in goal attack. And obviously we saw Faulkner come on uh, in patches throughout the game. But Hume's playmaking, again, I think she was one of those players who were a little bit um, critical of last year, but um, she really stepped up in this match and wasn't afraid to go for the shots. Whereas I think last year she was almost trying too much. It was almost as if she was trying to play the ball around too much that she didn't focus on putting up the shot itself. Yeah, and then she almost felt like she had to put up those long bombs and then she would miss them because she'd be overthinking it. So I think she did a really, really good job. Obviously, we've got to touch on the Stars' defence line. Obviously, you have someone like Anna Harrison returning to the lineup. El Temu had a really, really good start too. Obviously, she did come off with an ankle injury midway through the game. Hopefully, she'll be back next week. It didn't look like it was anything too bad, but she didn't return. Oceane Maihi actually got... Um, a turnout in goal defense and goalkeeper. I think she played a little bit of both. And I thought she also did a really, really good job. Yeah, I think the Stars have just an incredible layer of depth. Defensively, through the midcourt and in attack, they've just got so many options. And I think having the, the likes of Anna Harrison come back into the side is just amazing. You would not realize that in her time off, I think she retired in, what, 2018. She's had a child been in retirement and then she comes out, steps out on court and just produces an absolutely phenomenal game. Her aerial ability is just second to none. And I think that's only going to get better as time goes on. And as you touched on, I really rated the performance of Ali Temu. I think the way that she kind of came out and combated Aaliyah Dunn was really, really good. Not only was she physical, but she took that space away from Dunn and that's what Dunn really needs. She needs to be able to kind of, 
you know, positioned solidly under the post. And she couldn't do that because Temu was right on her, on her tail. You know, there was just never a second where she could breathe. And I think that the stars just are really, they're, they're, Connections are strong, but with more time, they will be able to further bolster that lineup. Yeah, I agree. And obviously, Aaliyah Dunn still managed to shoot a, a whopping 36 goals from 39 attempts. So, still had a really, really solid game. The other player I was impressed with was Tiamo Amaru Tibble. Um, she played a really good game for her first game back in Pulse Colors. I think it's been a few years since she's been out on the court, too. She went to basketball or something in the middle, I think we were saying the other day. So, um, full credit to her. So that was a really strong game by the Stars. Obviously, shooting 20 goals in the first quarter, you're, you're realistically not going to lose that battle, but I think they still have plenty of things to learn after that matchup. Uh, the second match of the round was the Southern Steel versus the Mainland Tactics, and this was the one I think everyone was uncertain about going into, whether the Steel's new acquisitions would be able to hold up with connections against the tactics who were kind of the premiership favorites and the steel more than showed that they are capable of blowing teams out of the water with a 54 to 36 goal win. What did you think of this one, Tay? This game just blew my mind because (laughs) it is just a showing of how important it is to give your young kids a chance. You look at this starting seven and I think four or five of the players were at least under 21 That's ridiculous. That is just an amazing effort when you compare it to the likes of the tactics who had a number of silver ferns out on court and they simply just could not go with the steel. The intensity, the tenacity and just that that grit and determination was written all over the steel's face and they grew with confidence in every single in every single minute. You know, there were times where they were really challenged, but To be able to keep the tactics to six goals in that final quarter while piling on 16 goals to themselves, it's just unheard of. You know, defensively, I think that the tactics actually really struggled. Jane Watson, I'm a huge fan of her, and I think that she probably had one of the worst games I've seen in a while. And I mean that in the nicest way possible, if that makes sense, because we are so used to her ability to just come out and dominate games. But George Fisher had a number. Yeah, there was absolutely. Just no getting around Fisher. She was, I think she, she ended up with 46 goals from 49 attempts at a whopping 94%. Yeah. Like that's ridiculous. Insanity. And she's still so young. And I think that's what makes George Fisher so exciting. Um, like we said last week, we're big fans of Fisher here. Um, so to see her come on court and be able to have that impact immediately and really prove that she's more than capable of holding up to this level of netball um, coming from the VNSL is just such a credit to her and such a credit to the VNSL almost as a pathway for these players coming up through the ranks. Um, speaking of goalers, though, it's worth noting that for the tactics, um, Tapia Selby-Rickett was out, um, and that was kind of a little subject of contention coming into the match. No one really had heard anything. Um, And then she was obviously not named in the starting seven and people were kind of like, hang on, there's someone, there's someone quite significant missing from this lineup. And she's obviously notable from last year. She is a necessary cog in that attack. And she has the long range ability. She has the playmaking ability. She can really be quite a versatile option in the goal circle and not having her in there clearly hurt the tactics a lot. Um, Obviously, not all 
the blame can go to that though when the steel defensively I thought were really really strong too. I was incredibly impressed by the works of Tanisha Fafida. In the past, we have been a little bit critical in saying that she is an overly physical player. And so more times than not, she's actually standing out of play and we're not able to see that signature flair and that ability for her to go out hunting. But this game, I think she had the perfect balance and that was shown through her ability to kind of keep Ali Bird off guard. You know, she was constantly pushing Bird up high or in positions where not only she didn't want to shoot, but she just didn't look comfortable that far out from the goalpost. And that therefore kind of trickled across the rest of the tactics front end because without the likes of Tapia Selby Rickett, who will potentially be out for a while with, I think they said it was a fractured foot or something like that you know, it kind of left them all wondering with how does this attacking structure look? You know, if Bird's not sitting directly under the post, you needed the likes of um, Erikana Pedersen and then Simon Nathan to kind of lift the load in wing attack. And I thought Kimi Oropoi was really struggling in this match as well. You know, she couldn't get that signature run. So I think there were a lot of issues surrounding that attacking unit as well, which I don't know when they're going to get rectified if Selby Rickett is unavailable for a while. Yeah, and Ali Bird had a really strong finish to last season. I think she really started showcasing a little bit more of um, this ability to hold down the forward out the front and just consistently was posting really, really strong, accurate games with a lot of volume in her shots. So she really went missing in this one. Obviously, once your attack line goes missing, it's it's hard as the goal shooter to hold up because if they can't get the ball to you, then you can't do anything with it. I was really impressed with the Steel's defensive line. As, as you said before, they've got a really young defensive unit, a really young team all around, actually. And I just also want to touch on Tiana Metuado. Um, oh, you in- took the words right out of my <laughs> mouth. She was going to be my next one that I brought up. Yeah, out in goal attack, she clearly made the switch to the steel to get more of that court time in her preferred position of goal attack. And I don't think she disappointed. She really showed last year for the pulse that she's more than capable of holding up that role if she's given the time. And even though she didn't necessarily put up a wealth of shots, when you've got someone like George Fisher behind you, you don't need to. And she was that playmaker. She picked up 20 goal assists to lead the entire court, I think, um, she yes, played a really pivotal role in not only getting the ball to Fisher, but also being able to rotate that circle, um, create that kind of balance and circle edge with Shannon Saunders. And um, I think Heffernan played in centre for a little bit. Ali Wilshire, I think, finished the game in wing attack. So yeah, they had that balance out in attack and having someone like a a goal attack who can not only put the shots up, but also be a real creative player and playmaker, I think just paid off tenfold for the steal. Yeah, I couldn't sing her praises any higher. I think it was just a really solid performance from her. And like you touched on, Soph, although she only slotted eight goals and it was at, you know, 57%, she personally might not be happy with those statistics, but you look at at the workload across the court and she was just in everything you know often she was getting every second pass and actually setting up those attacking forays if it wasn't for her they would be missing that important link so I think she played a really solid role and she still did enough to worry the defenders like you know often you would find that they're having to sit back on George Fisher and double team 
but they couldn't afford to do that because Mataru was just involved in everything that they couldn't leave her to just run her own race. So the steel are looking really promising and I would not have picked that. But on the, on the, on the flip side, the tactics have quite a lot of kinks that they need to iron out. And I think cohesion across the court is going to be a main issue despite retaining their entire squad bar Tamalisi Fakahakatao. Yeah, I think the worrying sign for me is the fact that they started out with Silver Ferns in goal defence and goalkeeper and they weren't able to retain the two of them there because the combination wasn't working. And obviously we know that both Karen Berger and Jane Watson are hugely impressive in their own right. The fact that the two of them just weren't quite able to connect, especially in that second quarter, we saw um, some changes happen in the back end um, as the steel kind of went on a run. It, it is a really worrying sign for the tactics because if they can't make up that ball down back, they're not going to be able to bring it forward when they are on the losing end of the stick. So that was a really interesting match. And then the third match was played on Monday night between the Northern Mystics and the Waikato Bay of Plenty Magic. And this one was a really, really interesting one. The Mystics forged a bit of a comeback in the latter stages of the game, but still came away with the four-goal loss, 60-64, to the way of the Magic. And this was a really interesting one as Aussies. (laughs) So, Taylor, do you want to kind of get into this one? Yeah, well, I'll continue on the Aussies theme. I think it was absolutely great to see Caitlin Bassett out on court and enjoying her time. I think for me personally that that was one thing that I noticed is that she really seemed to be confident and in, and just really soaking it up, if that makes sense. We know in the past throughout the Suncorp Super Netball season, it was trialled throughout the media, across social media, in everything that, you know, Bassett was struggling to get court time, yada, yada, yada. But this game, she just looked at home and and that I think is not only credit to the magic, but just to herself as, as a whole, as a person, you know, just for her to kind of throw herself into the deep end and take the likes of Kiana Williams and Kiara Semple under her wing and, and bleed them up as young developing prospects for, you know, New Zealand, which is super exciting. I think it did take her a while to get the first goal on the board and, yeah, I agree. you know, that's that's just taking a, a moment to kind of adapt to those things and, and so on and so forth. But as a whole, it was an exceptional game by her. She slotted 36 goals from 41 attempts at 88%. What more could you ask from a goal shooter, you know, than just to provide that sense of stability under the post? What yeah. were your thoughts, Soph? I 100% agree. I, I do um, stand by what you said about it. it took her a little bit of time to warm into the game it was almost like her feeders were a little bit worried to send the ball into her obviously we know what Sully Fitzpatrick and Kate Burley are capable of down back so understandable that you wouldn't just be wanting it to put the ball straight over someone like Fitzpatrick and Fitzpatrick to her credit had a really good game I thought her first quarter in particular was really really solid um, she was full-on bodying up on Bassett and we all know that That is not the style of play that Bassett likes. She doesn't want the physicality. So she, particularly for probably those first five minutes, she couldn't quite get the ball where she wanted it to and the ball placement wasn't quite right. But I think if anything, that helped the magic prove that someone like Kiara Simple isn't just there to fill a spot. She was more than capable of coming out from the starting whistle and showcasing that she's there for a reason. And I was really, really impressed with how well she held up in that first probably five minutes in particular. Um, Like I said, Bassett, she almost looked a little bit um, 
too casual in the first quarter. She she kind of went in looking like she wasn't ready for the intensity that was going to be thrown at her. And um, obviously she's such an experienced player that once she kind of almost ma- had that realisation, she picked up her game straight away and she was able to um, really um, get back into it. But for the Mystics, they just didn't seem to have the same spark that they had last year. Someone like Grace Wiki, I think she missed, a f- she, I mean, she was a lot less accurate than we've seen her, um, which we kind of noticed at the end of last year, she struggles with that accuracy once the side is losing. She's a real confidence player. Um, and especially in the first probably five or so minutes, again, she also kind of struggled to find that intensity and that accuracy that she needed and almost got in her own head a little bit. What did you think, Tay? Yeah, I was definitely on the same thought process because my whole issue with that was that she couldn't kind of get herself into the game and then the players around her weren't able to deliver passes into her. So it was like the entire attacking unit was off. The only player that was really a consistent figure was Peta Tuaba when it came to feeding that ball into Wiki. But I think as a whole... Grace Wiki just did not really muscle up or body up against the likes of Tamalisi Fakahakatao and then Erina Makaiti. You know, they're both very physical defenders and they're both very aerial bound. And that is, well, when it comes to aerial ability, that's Wiki's bread and butter. And she couldn't compete with that 24-7. So the feeds or the shots did start to drop off. And it's incredibly tiring having to consistently put up with that physical barrage barrage and you know things like that I think that started to trickle into her game a little bit and then in saying that she still slotted 49 goals and I'm pretty sure she leads the competition for goals but I did think that she was a little bit off the pace so it will be interesting to see if she kind of builds into the game however I do think she also felt a little bit more at home when Fuldavui came into the goal I agree yeah it, it was like that tried and tested partnership of the two of them could kind of almost just relax knowing that this one was going to move there and that one was going to hold here. And it was just the sense of familiarity. And that's understandable because, you know, clearly she hasn't played with Bailey Mez for a long time or at, at least ANZ level. It's different training with them, but playing with them out on court is a completely different ball game. So it will be interesting to see how that, attack and does develop and whether or not it was just a bit of a shaky start and now they'll really you know start to get moving yeah I really would have liked to see Bailey Mez step up a little bit more obviously she is a really really experienced head at the front end and that's what Wiki needed in that first quarter she needed someone to back her up and although Mez put up three goals in the first quarter it wasn't quite enough around the outside of the circle to really assist with that. And obviously when you've got someone like Petra Toyava out the front, you don't necessarily always need the goal attack to step up in that way. But I think what we got so used to seeing from the Mystics last year is that really agile front end. Obviously Wiki is not the quickest player, but when she had someone like Phil Davui, Sabia Tui out the front, they, they were the ones that kept the ball moving and were making the quick drives. But I feel like they were really missing that with Mez in there, especially from the get-go. And Obviously, she, like you've said, she hasn't had a heap of um, consistent game time over the last, however, like last year um, leading into this year, only played the one um, or parts of the one match during the Constellation Cup um, and since then has only really had practice matches. So I I think we still need to see another few games of Bailey Mez, but I would kind of question um, 
her getting that start because we've seen how successful the likes of Xavier Tui and Phil Davui can be out on the court in goal attack. I would have really, really liked to see Xavier Tui out on court, but obviously I don't call the shots. But <laughs> regardless, I think the Mystics, especially in the second half, they really lifted and that was credit to that defensive lineup that really um, kind of stepped up. And I think Fayamu Ioni had a pretty solid game in the end. She was one of the ones that I was a little bit critical of as well last year. And Taylor's looking at me now as though I've stolen the words <laughs> out of her mouth again. You have. I think I must have it like written on my forehead because <laughs> she was literally going to be the next player that I brought up. I mean, the fact that she was against someone like Grace Carter, who is just one of the most experienced heads going around and, you know, is renowned for those silky feeds into the circle and just that quick footwork you know I think she bodied up on her nicely and kind of took that space away from her and forced Carter to think of a new gameplay if that makes sense she had to kind of think on her feet rather than relying on her laurels to kind of just go well if I move here this will happen no Iwani just took that away from her and was like no 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 I'm gonna make you do what I want by just constantly pestering her and providing that spark which the mystic sort of needed yeah yeah, and I think um, like we've kind of touched on, Peta Toyava, Taylor Earl, they've both proven that they're really strong players through the midcourt. I think Earl kind of floated in and out. Um, overall, the Mystics played a pretty solid game, but full credit still needs to go to the Magic, obviously. Um, Faka Hokatao, Georgia Tong. Again, not super stats-heavy games from either of them, but it did the job, and I think they were really consistent and that's what really kind of mattered. They only lost the one quarter, the Magic. It was just the last quarter. Um, They stayed ahead the rest of the game and I thought they were really impressive in this one. I think the element of perceived pressure is what comes to mind when I look at the Magic at this game. It's the fact that they were just constantly on the hunt for the ball. So, you know, Sam Winders was relatively quiet on the defensive front, but she was constantly there. Her three-foot marking was there. Georgie Edgecombe was quiet but still played a really solid game like there were periods of time where Tuava actually went off the court and they repositioned you know Phil Davui came on in wing attack and they threw the bibs around to kind of find a different I suppose way forward for the Mystics so I think it was as a whole the Magic didn't just let the goalkeeper and goal defense apply the pressure it was through the midcourt and that whole element of perceived pressure is what allowed them to capitalise off turnovers or at least cause them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that is round one done and dusted for the ANZ Premiership. Just quickly having a look at round two, we've got the Mystics and Steel up first on Saturday. Then we've got the Stars and Tactics in the opening game on Sunday and the Magic and Pulse in the second game on Sunday. Uh, Which of those games really stands out to you, Tay? Well, I think it'll be the Magic and Pulse game for me because it could look like the Pulse would start a season zero and two. And that is almost unheard of because the past two years, they've been undefeated for virtually the entire season, lost one or two games here or there. But if the Pulse defensive unit in like Nawai or Jury can't get on top of the likes of Bassett early, then they're really going to struggle to peg that margin back because their midcourt seems to be just like that fraction of a step off. And same with that attacking unit with the loss of Amelia and Ekinazio. But what are your thoughts, Soph? Which, which matchup are you most looking forward to? 
I agree that that one's going to be really good. And I think the Nawai versus Bassett lineup is going to be very fascinating because someone like Nawai doesn't have the experience coming up against her and neither does someone like Paris Mason, which leaves a lot of that pressure onto Kelly Jury. Um, but other than that, I'm really interested in the Mystics versus Steel game. Um, they both have, I mean, realistically, both teams have had pretty good starts to the season. Even though the Mystics came away with a loss, you can't deny that they had their strong uh, strong points and they still scored 54, uh, sorry, not 54 goals. They still scored 60 goals, which is more than the Steel scored in their win. So I think that's something that definitely needs to be taken into consideration. And then, of course, the Stars and tactics I'm really intrigued by because the Stars, by all accounts, should take this one out fairly easily if the tactics bring the same showing that they did in round one. But at the same time, you can't discount that back end. And if they can get up on top of that Stars attack line, who knows what will happen. I think the one thing that I will say is that this ANZ Premiership season is already full of unpredictability and that's what I like so much is that there are just so many different combinations and you know that each team is not going to produce the same starting seven. There are so many players on the bench that are able to, you know, come on and have a real profound impact and each game is always going to be a different showing and a different element of whether they're going to produce more of an attacking game or more of a defensive game. But there's just already so much unpredictability and it's only round two. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely shaping up to be a huge season. And I think we might just quickly run through some of the stats from round one. Grace Wickey led the goaling stats with 49 goals, but then George Fisher has come out flying in her first game at 94% accuracy to lead the competition in accuracy. So that's definitely something worth um, crediting there. A player we didn't touch on, but has led the center pass receives for the first round is Whitney Sooners with 37 that's an insane stat and something that should definitely be credited. Uh, then we've got for feeds, we've got Sam Winders and Peta Toyava both equal at 51 and then Grace Cara and Gina Crampton both hot on their tail. Uh, rebounds, it's a bit of a log jam. It's two and one across the entire competition. But for feeder, Fitzpatrick, Nawai, Jury and Berger are all on two apiece. Deflections for Fida and Jury and Jane Watson all up the top. Intercepts, Karen Berger, Fayamu, Ioni, both on three intercepts apiece. And I think we'll just leave the penalties one to itself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we don't need to go through that. (laughs) I will say, though, I don't think we got to speak about Kartenberger. While we said that the defensive unit didn't really work, I do think that she really started to find her feet in that goal defence position. And really kind of came alive when she was able to play more of that man-on-man style where she could kind of go out hunting rather than have to play that space-marking style of defence, which is something that's a little bit new to her. So I do think there is plenty of upside for the tactics if that partnership between Watson and Berger can develop. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's one of those partnerships that really needs that extra time because you look at someone like Berger who's gotten so accustomed to playing out in wing defence and then Watson's gotten accustomed to playing out in goal defence all of last season. So they're both almost playing out of position but in their normal position, having to readjust to things that they would have had to unlearn. So I think that is going to be a really, really interesting dynamic that we'll kind of get to see throughout the season, which, again, just proves how much talent there is in this league and how much great netball we've got coming our way. 
Anyway, I think that's all we've got time for this week on the Centre Pass podcast. I think the SSN is only about 10 days away now. Hopefully we'll be able to do a little bit of a sneaky preview in next week's episode, but that's all we've got for today. Thank you for listening. Go check all of our socials, Centre Pass Pod on Twitter, Centre Pass Podcast on Facebook. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes. Don't forget to give us a like, a subscribe, um, a save, a download. Anything you can do will help us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for listening and goodbye.